0: warning you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save america with your host sean parnell
1: hey you know some days are just those days you know uh sorry it took a little bit to be with you today but here we are uh sometimes tech issues just happen but Hey, that's the nature of independent media. That's the cost of doing business, as they say. Well, it's Friday, and we're glad to have you all here in the trenches with us. Welcome to Parnell's Platoon. Also, just want to give a shout out to the Wendy Bell Radio Army. Uh, Brock and I were talking with uh, some of the folks in the live chat. Again, if you're new to the show, we get on. The, I get on the live chat about an hour early. Brock and Nader gets on there, who is Wendy Bell's producer. Uh, she got me to start in this, along with Brock in in this podcasting live show what started as a podcast went to a live show uh and it's been a pretty awesome ride and brock still coaches me to this day gives me lots of advice uh, as is typically the case prior to the show he tells me not to suck which is jump uh, that's cool with me um but did you see that the democrats today senator dick durbin is blocking the release of the epstein flight logs <laughs> why Jeffrey Epstein is dead, right? Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is convicted. It's clear now that there are all sorts of uber, uber wealthy people, uh, politicians, uh, members of the British royalty that visited the Epstein Island multiple times, appear on Epstein's flight log multiple times. I think Bill Clinton was on the Epstein flight logs 30 times. Why, unless you're deliberately... (laughs) trying to hide and protect people from culpability and having sexual relationships with minor children why block the release of the epstein flight logs it seems to me that especially in the wake of the success of the sound of freedom and the unbelievable human suffering that's happening happening on our southern border which by the way if you think slavery is 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 dead and gone in this country, think again. There, it's happening every single day. In fact, the the slavery problem, child slavery, and women being sold into slavery here in this country is worse than ever. It's just that you're not seeing auctions with chains uh, in in public. All of this is happening on the dark on the dark web and behind the scenes, and it's worse than ever before in this country. And yet. Even while all that's going on, the Democrats, not Republicans, the Democrats are denying the release of the Epstein flight logs. I mean, again, you would think that this would be headline media on every major media outlet in the country. I mean, this is beyond partisan politics. This is something that all Americans should be outraged about. It's something that all Americans could get behind, the idea that we should go after people who prey on our children. But no, Democrats in Congress are doing everything that they can to make sure, again, this is Senator Durbin just today preventing the release of the Epstein flight logs. You know who you know who I uh, this there have been a couple of people um, on X talking about this, but I I took this from Anna Paulina Luna, who is a member. Of the U.S. House of Representatives from Florida. So it's not like this is from some fringe right wing site trying to blame the Democrats for the. No, this is from a sitting member of Congress saying that Senator Durbin is blocking the release of the flight log. So this is a real thing. Absolutely ridiculous that that we still don't know who are on those flight logs and those people still walk freely today, especially when you compare when you compare what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and all the people that visited his private islands and exist on those flight logs, you compare that to January 6 grandmothers who are languishing in prison because they walked through the Capitol on January 6 and dared to protest what was very clearly a rigged and stolen election. Double standard in this country makes me sick to my stomach sometimes. Um, you know, just when you think that things can't get any worse, they they do. Uh, since 2020, it seemed actually... I say since 2020 but the reality is, you know, hindsight being 2020. Uh see what I did there. Uh things have been bad in this country trending downward since President Trump was in office, since he came down that golden escalator. And I don't mean his policies. His policies in 2020 were in 2016 to 2020, four short years in the White House were unbelievable. This country, the the economy was booming. We were energy independent for the first time in my life. Uh, you look at what's happened on the southern border, only 445,000 people over the course of four years streamed into this country illegally. You compare that to Joe Biden, 10.5 million illegal migrants streaming across the southern border and children and women being sold into the sex trade in this country. I mean, 85,000 children. This isn't according to Sean Parnell. This is according to Josh Hawley and and the United States Senate, who did a committee hearing on just this topic questioning. Uh, Mayorkas on it. 85,000 children in this country missing. Um, Things under President Trump were great. He did a great job as president, despite the Trump derangement syndrome on the left, despite the federal government and all of our intelligence communities out to get him, despite a weaponized judicial system that's clearly out to get him now. But President Trump revealed something rotten to the core in this country. He made all of these crazy people whether they're in the media or members of, you know, the deep state or entrenched bureaucrats, they couldn't hide their hatred of this man. And they no longer live in the shadows. They live among us. They're out. We know who they are. We see them. And once you see these people for who they really are, you realize the danger that they present to America. And again, I've I've mentioned on this show before, but I'll say it again, I wonder if, you know, using the 2020 election as an example, I mean, we clearly know now that the Democrats leveraged the covid pandemic to rig an election. They bragged about it in Time Magazine in February, I think a mere six months after the election. Instead of saying that they rigged an election, they said that they ran a shadow campaign and simply fortified it. Uh, And all the while, anybody who talked about that was censored deplatformed. We had even in some extreme scenarios where people lost their bank accounts, they lost their livelihoods, they were fired from their jobs for questioning the narrative. And the COVID pandemic was part of that as well. In both, I both For me anyway, the 2020 election having ran in that cycle and lived through it and saw the fraud with my own two eyes and then COVID happening at the same time, it really opened my eyes to something in this country that, that I – I've been laser focused on ever since and that there's an agenda happening in this country right now. There are very very powerful people that are that are calling the shots that are working in our intelligence communities, working at these global corporations, these Fortune 500 corporations, working at these big tech companies. Obviously Every movie that you watch is filled with propaganda. We talked about that a little bit yesterday on the show with Disney and their and their woke propaganda that they're foisting on the American people. And of course, you have the corporate media who does nothing but lie. Yeah, you know, I caught Bongino's show today. and Dan Bongino is a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time, uh, long before his meteoric success as a radio host and a, and a and a podcaster. But he said it's getting hard for him to do a show because the media lies all the time. And he's not even just talking about the liberal media. He's talking about all media. It's getting very, very difficult to discern fact from fiction. Um, But I blame the 2020 election and I blame the covid pandemic uh, and the steps that the government took in the wake of that pandemic to to protect, even though they didn't protect the American people, they didn't do anything of the sort. But The way that they responded to the pandemic and looking at what the latest news that came out about Pfizer and Moderna and what I'm calling and what other experts are calling the vaccine bait and switch. uh, I want you to watch this video and and Vigilant Fox just put this out on on X yesterday, I think, of uh, of a of, of somebody discussing Uh, The fact that Pfizer and Moderna tested a vaccine, but released a different vaccine after the trial phase and testing phase was complete and injected that very, very different vaccine into the arms of billions of people worldwide. I mean, this is this is this is a this is a blockbuster scandal of epic proportions. And I think what you're going to see here in the next year, five year, 10 years are One lawsuit after the next. I mean, Ken Paxton, the attorney general in Texas, uh, just announced a lawsuit of him going after some of the big pharma companies for some of the falsehoods that uh, that they that that they used in selling, selling the vaccines and all the subsequent booster shots to the American people. I think it's going to be the first of many uh, because you again, here's another story that you would think would be all over headline news on the corporate media, but it's not. Uh, Watch this. It's concerning as hell. Go ahead and roll the tape. For the trials, at least for Pfizer, there's
0: a a very synthetic PCR-type process in making what makes up the the mRNA sequence for these shots. That's what was given to 40,000 people, was this very deliberate, synthetic, engineered attempt at precision type process. This is dubbed process one. That's dubbed process one. In terms of getting a lot of this made for billions of people, a second process was used, which was only tested on about 252 people Mm -hmm. instead of 40,000 people. And that was taking this complementary DNA sequence that is like the reverse pattern of the spike to make your cell make the, well, to make mRNA a message. And then your body would make that protein in your cells. So there was a, a big old switcheroo. We did the trials on this very controlled synthetic process. And that last minute, We snuck under the radar and said, but we're gonna make all the rest of them using something we barely tested. And then that's what got rolled out into billions of people's arms.
1: So it was kind of a bait and switch. So that's Vigilant Fox. You should definitely follow him on X because he is a great account to follow. And he puts out all of these studies and he covers them because the mainstream media does not. And looking at the live chat, people were talking about how I think Spar was talking about, oh, he's pure blood, not vaccinated. And and I agree. I, I've, I've not been vaccinated because I had questions about the vaccine from from. Uh, the very beginning, despite the radical left and most members of the media uh, calling me a conspiracy theorist, I didn't I didn't comply because something didn't feel right about it. And just to put that in layman's terms, what this gentleman was talking about, uh, I'll just read it to you directly. But this study by Kevin McKernan and colleagues find found up to 500 times the amount of DNA molecules that the FBA, that the FDA considers acceptable per COVID-19 vaccine dose. So uh, Dr. Ryan Cole was the one who put out this report that billions of people received a product that was overly contaminated with these DNA molecules. Dr. Ryan Cole is a board certified anatomic and clinical pathologist and one of the first people to sound the alarm on cancers taking off like wildfire. Now, listen, I have a real problem with the way that big pharma is in bed with big government and cherry picking studies that they that they like that support their position and crushing other people's voice when they question those studies. And we heard time and time again from very, very powerful people on both sides of the aisle just saying bullshit like, trust the science. Oh, you're a, remember the whole science denier, you're a science denier, science TM, like as if it's, as if it, science cannot be questioned. Science at its core is about, fundamentally is about asking questions. That's what the scientific method is all about. But to these COVID tyrants, they they blank, they use science as a weapon and they branded people as conspiracy theorists for simply asking questions and now not only does this blockbuster study come out that say that companies like Moderna and Pfizer essentially lied to not just the american people but the world in order to get these shots into people's arms it was almost, it's it's clearly fraud it's clearly and now we come to find out that That the Biden administration, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but the Biden administration knew that all of these questions about vaccine were going to hurt demand at these companies. And so they suppressed people that had questions. And so all of those moments where you were called a conspiracy theorist and a liar or you went to your doctor's office and you said, you know, your doctor said, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to kill your own grandmother at Thanksgiving. Look, this this isn't conspiracy. This stuff happened all of those times where you said, well, maybe I I'm not sure that I feel comfortable about getting a vaccine because it hasn't been tested in the way that we've tested vaccines in the past or when we rolled out vaccines for newborn babies, a significant percentage of this population was attacked for saying, you know, thank God that COVID doesn't affect small children. It doesn't really make sense for me to vaccinate my child with an emergency use vaccination when the illness itself doesn't really attack or hurt children. In fact, the data that's coming out recently, not one single child, I think, I I think had a, it's hard it's hard to know for sure so I don't want to say anything that's not true but I so I won't I, I one single child I think died from covid I think they had some horrible pre-existing condition that maybe led to that it covid exacerbated but uh, my point is is that people lied and these big pharma companies lied as well. Like, check out this image um, uh, from the Pfizer C- CEO, uh, Albert Borla. Do we have that image? Can we throw it up? Yeah, look at this. OK, he, I'm excited to share that the updated analysis from our phase three study with BioNTech also showed that our COVID va- COVID-19 vaccine was 100 percent, 100 percent effective in, pre- in preventing COVID-19 cases in South Africa. A hundred percent. OK, uh, clearly that was a lie. Less than one year later, he said this. Go ahead and roll the tape. Uh, And we know that um, the the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, Against deaths, I think, very good. Um, And less protection against uh, infection. Now, we are working on a a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. OK. So in one year, the CEO of Pfizer said that the vaccine was 100% effective to then, now, a year later, very limited protection. I'm sorry. They knew that going in. They had a financial incentive to get as many shots in the arms of not just people in this country, but all across the world, and then boosters in perpetuity. And that financial incentive is what drove them to do this. And I think, as I mentioned before, you're going to not just see lawsuits, and I hope that I'm wrong about this next part, but I think that you're going to see – health issues continue to climb in this country because people suffer such, such grievous in, injuries from this vaccine. Uh, and, and so as far as collusion between the federal government and these big pharma companies, throw up this uh, tweet image from my buddy Will Kane, at, uh, who hosts, hosts Fox and Friends on the weekend. Uh, this is Will Kane. Um, where there he's talking about and I uh, thought it important to show you because this isn't just Sean Parnell saying this stuff this is stuff that's actually happening and leaking but the media is not covering it if you can go ahead and read that I don't it might be hard to read on your phone but I If you're listening, I'll just say, there is a very high degree of interest now coming from the White House regarding vaccine misinformation and vaccine hesitancy and our work around borderline content, the internal email from YouTube said. Unfortunately, the role of tech in addressing vaccine hesitancy is about to come under a massive spotlight, particularly as a supply. This is very critical, particularly as the supply of the vaccine is soon to outpace demand, the April 2000 and 2021 correspondence added. So Essentially, what is happening here is the Biden administration used the power of government to threaten tech platforms to remove any content that interfered with the demand of these big pharma companies, the demand not meeting the supply that was put out in the marketplace by these big pharma companies. And again, much of this content about whether the vaccine worked or not It wasn't over whether the discussion was necessary or it wasn't. They didn't care uh, whether the discussion or what people were saying was true. Much of what people said criticizing the vaccine was true, but it was removed. It was removed to protect the profits of these big pharma companies. And here we have correspondence between the Biden White House and YouTube that proves it. I mean, I'm telling you, this should be a a blockbuster scandal, headline news on every major media outlet, but it's not. And the reason why this is important, because if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. But if we don't learn from these mistakes, we're doomed to, to make them again in the next pandemic. And look at what's happening now, this mysterious pneumonia out of China that has now made landfall here in the United States. They call it white lung disease, or white, l- white lung pneumonia. Hundreds of cases in Ohio, they think there's cases in Massachusetts and this virus, Interestingly enough, and this is the cynic in me, uh, thanks thanks to the U.S. government for making me this way after COVID, but just in time for election season, you notice how these viruses roll out. Uh, but this is a virus that is landing in this country, and this one does disproportionately affect children. And I wonder if people are even going to trust some of the safeguards from our that are given to the American people from these institutions that people don't trust anymore. I'm sorry. I, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot for me to trust anything that the CDC says ever again. And so, especially with everything that I just outlined for you. So I, so I got to move on. But this stuff drives me crazy. If you've made, hey, listen, I want to say before we move on to B Block, we're going to talk about this whole George Santos thing in the House of Representatives. He was expelled today. Drives me absolutely crazy how stupid the Republicans are. Uh, Not because. George, I'm a George Santos fan. I don't care about. I mean, I don't give a damn. But it's just about the Republicans. They just suck on so many levels. They just don't understand. Don't represent their voters well. um They don't understand what time it is. But anyway, I want to thank Deepwell. I want to thank Cabot, the two founding sponsors of this program. This show is not responsible. Or it's not responsible. Oh my gosh! It's Friday. Would not be possible were it not for Deepwell or Cabot. They're the the two of the b- best American companies uh, in the world. I think they're both coming back next year to sponsor this show. I also want to just say, make sure that you that you like and rumble, like and rumble, like and rumble. That matters. Hit that little green thumb below the video. Rumble notices that stuff. And the more they notice, the more advertisers we get, the better quality show we can bring you. Uh, so make sure you tell your family and friends to subscribe to this show. This is a grassroots show, and it always will be. This show is for you. Okay, let's move on. To George Santos, um, Republican George Santos was expelled from the U.S. House of Representatives today, making him the first House member to be expelled in over 20 years. Expulsion from the House of House of Representatives takes two-thirds vote. Santos was booted with a vote of 311 to 114. No surprise here that Republicans joined Democrats as Santos is facing federal indictment on 23 counts, including wire fraud, identity theft, and more. Now, he was just accused of these crimes. He was not convicted, not at all. The Republicans just set a very dangerous precedent for anyone that is now accused of a crime can now be booted from Congress, essentially. And we'll get to that in a second. But throw this image up there of the list that former representative George Santos joins. Have a look at those people. Uh, And I'm just going to read what each of these people did while you're looking at this image. Uh, But but John B. Clark, Reed and Burnett, Clark, Reed and Burnett all took up arms for the Confederacy. Myers, uh, the guy down there, Michael Myers no relation to the guy from Halloween. But Myers has been convicted of bribery after being snared by the FBI in the abscan sting operation. And trafficant had been convicted of federal corruption charges. Now, you want to know what all of these people have in common is that they were all convicted of a crime. George Santos has not been convicted of anything. Yes, he's... He's an idiot and he's lied about stupid things. Very, very stupid things like, you know, him playing college volleyball and tearing both of his ACLs uh, or being a NASCAR driver and whatever. He did some dumb stuff, too. He lied and has been accused of crimes. But Santos being thrown out before conviction is something that should concern every member of the House of Representatives, because now (laughs) <laughs> what is it going to take? All is it taking for an accusation to get booted from the U.S. House of Representatives? And by the way, the American people should be outraged about this as well, because you know how politics goes. False accusations get thrown around all the time. So now the precedent that we've set in the U.S. House of Representatives is that anybody can be expelled from co- can be expelled from Congress on an accusation alone, thereby denying the will of the people. I said this yesterday, but George Santos, when you're in the House of Representatives, you're up for a, you're up for re-election every two years. It's like the moment you win, you got to start your very next campaign and raising money for the very next campaign. You have very little room to breathe unless you're in a safe Democrat district or in a safe Republican district. You're always running, is my point in the U.S. House of Representatives. And George Santos already said that he wasn't going to seek re-election, so we're only talking about 11 months now. Where the Republicans would have had to put up with this guy before he exited stage right, but no, Republicans eat their own, they go after one another and and what's more is that they've not done anything to represent their base at all, but they've gone after one of their own um like like listen they never took Republicans never took a vote to expel Adam Schiff after pushing what was a very clear lie about the Russia collusion hoax, that man cost people their lives and livelihoods. His false accusations cost people and the taxpayer millions of dollars. Adam Schiff is still in in, in Congress. There's not been a vote to expel Elon Omar for marrying her brother, and committing that fraud and then using that fraud to get elected, uh, using that fraud to get elected to Congress. No vote to expel Rashida Talib, who is clearly a terrorist sympathizer. There's not been a vote to expel AOC for supporting Hamas as well. How about there's not been a vote to expel Eric, Eric Swalwell for banging a Chinese spy and being compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. By the way, that dude still serves on the Intel Committee and has access to top secret information. And how about there's not been a vote in the United States Senate to get rid of Bob Menendez. By the way, Bob Menendez is essentially a foreign agent of Egypt. This is not even an exaggeration. He had gold bars in his home given to him from dictator in Egypt. It, it's unbelievable to me that the Republicans in the House of Representatives operate under a system of guilty until proven innocent and if we're going to if that's going to be the precedent, then why haven't I mean if if, if, if lying right and just simply being accused of a crime is now the precedent right because that think about that they're, impe- they're they're getting rid of George Santos because he lied and he was accused of committing crimes. Well, you know who else meets that criteria? Joe Biden, because didn't he, he and his family, the entire Biden crime family take hundred million dollars from countries who hate us. I mean, seriously, probably close to a hundred million dollars, tens of millions, right? From the CCP, from Russia, from Ukrainian oligarchs, from countries who hate us. The Biden crime family has enriched themselves off of countries who hate us just by simply of his, by virtue of, of his last name. And of course, we know Biden has been a professional liar his entire career, graduated at the top of his of his law class, was friends with Nelson Mandela, was arrested uh, when he went to go visit him, marched in the civil rights movement, uh, comes from a family of coal miners, uh, moonlights as a semi-truck driver. His son, uh, Beau, died in Iraq. He didn't die in Iraq. He he died of cancer. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Oh, oh Joe Biden was raised in the Black Black church. Joe Biden was raised in the Puerto Rican church. Joe Joe Biden is, is, is essentially Jewish and attends Jewish church services on Saturday. I mean, the guy lies about everything, yet Republicans have not done a damn thing to go after him, but they would expel one of their own and voluntarily diminish their razor thin majority in the House of Representatives. I mean, Republicans haven't fixed the border. They haven't held a single Biden official accountable. How about this? They haven't defunded Jack Smith or the FBI or any one of these weaponized prosecutions against President Trump. It kind of feels like. Republicans want to lose. And I'm telling you, this is why I said the U.S. House of Representatives, like, I think Republicans stand a hell of a lot better chance to win in the United States Senate and take back the majority there than they do in the House. I think people, Republicans, are base. I, for one, am tired of them surrendering before the fight is even started. So, listen, I am not in any way, shape or form a George Santos apologist. But, folks, the guy was a reliable Republican vote in your razor thin majority. The Democrats don't cannibalize themselves. Again, the, the guy that airtight case on being a foreign agent and taking bribes from a foreign country is still sitting in the United States Senate. I mean, think what you want about George Santos, but the Democrats don't do this. Yet Republicans continually shoot themselves in the foot on almost a daily basis by doing BS just like this. And I'm telling you, the, the house that's passing this continuing resolution, right? And the continuing resolutions, by the way, are only meant to be used in emergency circumstances, yet we've governed that way from a budgetary standpoint for as long as I can remember. And cobbling all of that pork into a continuing resolution, like, oh, I don't know, give me an example of the pork, maybe like $100 billion for Ukraine, the fact that we still govern by continuing resolutions is a million times worse than what George Santos did. And I'm telling you, I, it's just absolutely ridiculous that, that we live in this world where Republicans just refuse to fight for us and they waste their time on stuff like this. It's just so monumentally frustrating. I, OK, so let me. Let me let me move on. Uh, that's another thing. Republicans shooting themselves in the foot is another thing that I could talk about till the end of time. Uh, you know, here's the thing. If I ever find my way down to the U.S. House of Representatives. And by the way, I, I'm I'm a Republican. Right. I'm a registered Republican. But. I, the Republican Party continually disappoints me. I'm a constitutional conservative. I love this country. I die for this country. I took an oath to protect and defend that constitution. That's what matters to me. Um, But it, this is a leadership problem. I, I mentioned this before, and I'll say it again, but Republicans need to get their act together because they are an embarrassment. I mean, the Democrats are a juggernaut that's hell bent on destroying this country. And Republicans are voting to kick one of their own members out of their party, lump him in with people who were either convicted of a crime or took up arms with the Confederacy and diminish your own. It's just so frustrating. Okay. So there was a debate last night between DeSantis and Newsom. And I will tell you, Uh, I've said many times before that the actual debate itself, like what the hell is the point? I've said before that I believe that DeSantis agreeing to debate Gavin Newsom was a political mistake for a lot of reasons. Uh, But like campaign 101, you don't go after somebody who you're not really campaigning against. I do think that Gavin Newsom at some point is going to be the Democrat frontrunner. I do think that at some point, Gavin Newsom is going to replace Joe Biden. I cannot imagine the Democrats running Joe Biden in 2024, even though Joe Biden has not said publicly that he has any intentions of stepping down. I don't know if it's going to be because of Hunter Biden, the crime family issues, uh, health issues. I'm not I am not so I don't know that Joe Biden's going to be the guy. And I think if he does step aside, I think it's going to be Gavin Newsom. So maybe that's why Gavin Newsom is on that stage to practice, right? But every all that aside, I do think Governor DeSantis won that debate. I I I, I thought that Gavin Newsom was a joke. I thought that he came unprepared. Uh, and it's very clear the playbook that he uses. And what's so fascinating to me is that the Democrats this is a prime example of, of Democrats not being prepared because they're not used to taking tough questions. I've I said it before and I'll say it again. That campaigning as a Democrat would be the easiest thing in the world because nobody asks you tough questions. You're Joe Biden. Uh, Yeah, there could be a war going on in Israel, China on the verge of attack or economy uh, in, in complete and total shambles. A guy walks out from an ice cream shop licking an ice cream cone. The media is not asking him about any one of those things, but he's, they're asking about the flavor of his ice cream. You know, Democrats are a complete joke. They can't take tough questions. But what's interesting is that, you know, the debate was moderated by Sean Hannity and Sean Hannity, you know, he's a conservative, uh, is asking Gavin Newsom tough questions. And he really he really couldn't answer them. In fact, DeSantis hammered him with facts over and over and over and again. I, and I guess I guess. It's interesting because DeSantis, when he's on stage with all these Republicans, you know, he it's hard to stand out when you're campaigning against 20 other people and the guy that's ahead by 60 points doesn't even bother to show up because you are all single digit midgets and it's not even worth his time. Right. Um, but DeSantis. I, like I said, I think he did a pretty good job. He took the fight to 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 Gavin Newsom. I will say that even though I think he won the debate on substance, he just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have the swagger to run for president. Gavin Newsom does. He's dangerous because he's just a brazen liar. Uh, I, I want you to see a couple of videos, a couple of highlights from the debate, and then we'll discuss them. Um, but Gavin Newsom uh, went right after Ron DeSantis early on in the debate. And what was so interesting to me is that he he positioned himself very, very closely to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, which to me is a, is a big mistake, because if you are going to be the guy, you would think that you'd want to run from the most unpopular political figure of our time, right? Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are a joke. Kamala Harris manages to be more unpopular than Joe Biden in some way, but Gavin Newsom seemed to run towards them rather than set himself apart, which was interesting. But he also tried to lump Ron DeSantis with Trump, which was also interesting. So go ahead and watch this tape of, of, of Newsom going after DeSantis.
0: I, I'm, the one that, I'm the only guy here that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games, try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump.
1: And by the way, How's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. I mean, Gavin Newsom's right. I will say that I did think, look, I've been on that debate stage before. I know what it feels like to debate on live television. I know what it feels like to prep. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick funny story. Uh, debated Connor Lamb, I I completely annihilated him. And I mean, I just attacked him nonstop. I mean, just with facts and just was aggressive. But I remember walking back into the room where my team was, and Melanie was like was in a swivel chair watching on the TV in the green room, and she just kind of turns around like this. Oh my God, you verbally punched him in the face for 30 minutes or something like that. But so I, my point is, I know what it's like to be on stage and under fire. I understand what the, the I understand the pressure. Um, I didn't think it was. kind. I mean, what Newsom some going after DeSantis about how poorly he's doing in the primary? Like, what's that have to do with the debate? Like you two are debating one another. I get it. You're trying to make him seem insignificant. But I thought that was kind of cheap shots. Um, But this was the moment of the debate for me where DeSantis holds up this map of of human crap in San Francisco. And really, isn't that a microcosm for how uh, Gavin Newsom has governed California? He's he's completely turned it into a dystopian nightmare hellscape, liberal hellscape. But DeSantis, again, bringing props to debates. Great idea. Uh, but go ahead. Go ahead
2: and check this out. Check this clip out. Well, I'm looking at total time. Governor, Decentes, yeah, look, about this is about two this, 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 he it, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags. I mean, what's crazy
1: about this is that, like, first of all, that was great. Great job. Governor DeSantis thought good good thinking, bringing props. And again, at the end, of, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Trump guy. Trump's the ultimate winner in this thing. Uh, but I, I I was I think DeSantis did a much better job than I expected. Um And Newsom, I think he just came completely unprepared. And what he does is he lies. He doesn't talk about facts. He lies with a smile. And then when he gets challenged with facts, and by the way, this is the Democrat way, they just say, oh, my gosh, you're so mean. And they try to talk over you. But check this clip out where where Newsom is doing just that against DeSantis.
2: Why the kids were locked out of school for so long? Joe Biden is in the pocket of the teachers union, and so is Kamala Harris. That's why they fought by the way, school But Kamala Harris, when, when he Shame came in you. there, when they had Harris, that run, it's Kamala Harris. Biden came Harris. into office Madam and he Vice brought in the teacher to union you, to be Harris. able to do Stop all these different things me. to try to keep the schools closed. So. And it's so true, right? I mean, no, oh, that's
1: not how you pronounce her name. Like, not actually refuting the points that DeSantis is making, just basically trying to act outraged for mispronouncing Kamala Harris's name, right? So, so kind of crazy. But he does it again when DeSantis takes him to task over over California schools circumventing parents to allow them to change their sex, their identity, their gender, their pronouns, and take life-altering drugs to help them transition from boy to girl or girl to boy. Check this out.
2: This is another good clip. But let me just say something about parents' rights, because he says oh, yeah. California respects parents' rights. This is rich. He's been telling a lot of whoppers tonight, this may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, your minor child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent. And get hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation yeah. all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that well, you know what? honoring parents' rights when you're bringing people from out of state to go around their parents' backs and getting life altering surgeries? That is radical. That you know what, Ron, is extreme. These kids that is just an assault on live. parents' rights. You know what? Run. It's not this for is, you to decide, please, it's, for the, what? To it's decide. for the parents to decide. And these the parents do not want their, to their survive. kids going I to these other. Thing. honestly let these me go kids to a have follow-up. Let, me, let me stay on a follow up let's they turn to, to the issue of education where's your decency humanity the and humanity and grace decency when taking ripping somebody away a gentleman from their family. No, nobody and can nobody the can, can hear you that is wrong DeSantis.
1: that is you hear oh these kids just want to live where's your decency man you know never mind the fact that the government should not have the authority to take children away from parents. I mean, this 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 whole thing with DeSantis said there about schools in California you know, allowing kids to change their gender without their parents knowing that's 100 percent true. It's unbelievably concerning. Every parent should be concerned about it. I think even liberals in California are awake to this, which is why they're leaving California in droves for places like Florida. Um, but. It's it doesn't even stop there California has become a sanctuary state for custody battles. So, in other words, you could have a three year you can get divorced, have a three year old and have one spouse who has the kids with them one day saying, oh, you know, I think my three year old is a, a three year old boy really wants to be a girl. And that person can go to California right? And say, oh, well, th- this is my, my, my child is trans and my my ex-spouse doesn't believe in this stuff. And California is a sanctuary state for families like that. So how is that? Ex- how is in any way, shape or form that good for American families? How is that what's best for the children? Giving government that much power over the family is something that will have disastrous effects and has had disastrous effects in this country. It, but th- that's the point, right? That's ultimately what the left wants. The left wants to destroy the nuclear family in America because in doing so, it it allows more easily for not just grownups, but also children to be tethered to the state. Think about the education system. It's a, in most states, it's a state uh, the federal government sets the tone. The states pick up that curriculum and your children, if they're not close to their parents or have no mentorship in their family, uh, don't believe in something greater than themselves. Maybe they don't believe in God because our, our, our society is so godless today. Uh, I, it just makes it easier to indoctrinate our children. And that's exactly what the left wants. And you see it right there in Gavin Newsom on stage. And the contrast between he and Governor DeSantis is fairly stark on that issue. And so the last thing I want to say is this one, this 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 thing about DeSantis, he owned uh, Newsom on this pretty well. And again, DeSantis did pretty well. Again, I think Trump is going to smash DeSantis in all these primary states. I think that the primary is over. Trump's the guy. Uh, but it was interesting to it was it was I enjoyed watching uh, Desantis take Newsom to task over all these things on a factual basis. Let's roll this last tape, and then we'll move on.
2: Run, Great run, twice, for, Excuse me, sir. Yep, so, two, but one of the four, things that I did, I had talking to a gentleman. A couple. Guys, yeah, I guys, I'm gonna, gonna let, let this,
0: a, I'm gonna let the debate breathe. But it's his turn. Let's take let's take.
2: So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida. And he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, And why are we why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement because we don't get that support in the state of California. So people understand quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you, the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more Let people move moving on. to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving.
1: So again, DeSantis did a, did a great job. And Newsom, of course, Uh, he may, again, we talk about lying. And this is what the Democrats do, right? It's not just Newsom, it's every Democrat. You see, the border is completely overrun. The Democrats will tell you that the border is secure. Inflation is the worst it's been in this country in probably 40 years. The Democrats will tell you that inflation is coming down. The, the, The Republicans say that, Democrats want to defund the police and we've seen Democrats out there marching with defund the police crowds. You'll see Democrats say it's Republicans that are one that are the ones that, that that defund the police. It's absolutely crazy. The Democrats just lie. That's their strategy and they get away with it because the media says nothing about it. It doesn't hold them accountable? Well, Newsom did the same thing in this debate. He said, "No, people from California aren't leaving California to go to Florida. Actually, the opposite is true. More people leave Florida and come to California. It's a complete lie, right? Because in 2021, look, California to Florida, 37,000 people. Florida to California, 24,000 people. In 2022, California to Florida, 50,000 people. Uh, Florida to California, 28,000 people. So clearly, Newsom just lies. He didn't have the facts on their side. And look, this is why be, the, the fact that Democrats don't have their facts on their side. This is why they have to weaponize the system. This is why they have to censor conservatives. This is why they have to deplatform people. This is why they. This is why they have to destroy people's reputations because they can't debate things on the merits. They have nothing but emotional arguments and lies and like. Look, this is why they're going after Trump the way that they are. They can't debate. They're all moron mouth breathers. They just lie and they expect the media to cover for them. And it, even despite all of that, you still see Trump breaking away, not just from the Republican primary, and the Republican primary is over, but he's actually increasing his lead on Biden in one poll after the next. And you look at what happened to Trump just recently in New York, the appeals court reinstates the gag order on President Trump. I find this interesting because. They reinstate this gag order on President Trump at the exact same time that a bank executive testified that they were delighted to have Trump as as a client and they didn't necessarily rely on his estimates. They just they had their own estimates. Um, But my point is, is that, you know, what's happening in New York is crazy trying to go after Trump's name and his personal fortune, but it's a victimless crime. There was no fraud perpetrated on anybody. Leticia James just wanted to charge President Trump with a crime. And so she did. She made it up. And all of these bank executives that did business with the Trump organization said that, yeah, we love doing business with the guy. Yeah, we made lots of money. So who exactly is the victim here, Letitia? But what's interesting is that this, the gag order on President Trump was implemented at the exact same time that, the, that Trump's banking partners basically exonerated him. It's absolutely crazy to me that we live in this country that's this corrupt, but it shouldn't surprise anybody. And all of this comes as as, as essentially like Trump versus the world. You see, like, clearly people in the Republican primary, right, have moved on from Ron DeSantis. He doesn't have it. He's not the guy. He's getting destroyed. They've moved on to Nikki Haley. And you see Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of J.P. Morgan, just said in a meeting a couple days ago that Democrat donors that are part of J.P. Morgan, they're a part of the Wall Street cartel that fund candidates, said that Democrats need to start donating to Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley's presidential campaign is the best way to stop Trump from being the GOP nominee in 20, uh, 2024. Now, Jamie Dimon supported Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign in 2016. So you see, the, the pres- it's President Trump against the world, folks. It's just, they're going after him because he represents us, we the people. This isn't a Democrat or Republican thing. Trump loves this country and he loves the people of this country. But there are very, very powerful People, the the system itself is stacked against this guy, which is why it's so important for us to stand with him. And here's a direct quote from Jamie Dimon. Even if you're a very liberal Democrat, I urge you to help Nikki Haley, too. I mean, I'm sorry. Ridiculous. It's not going to work. You look at this national poll uh, that just came out, a Harris poll that was just released. Trump 52 Biden, 48. Again, it's a five alarm fire for the Democrats. You look at uh, when you add third party candidates to this with Biden, R- uh, RFK Jr. and Cornell West, Trump 43, Biden 36, RFK 17, West 4. So that has Trump up seven. So with third party candidates on the ballot, Trump increases his lead even more, which is why you have all of these Democrats coming out and saying now a vote for RFK, a vote for Cornell West, a vote for a vote for Jill Stein of the Green Party is a vote for Trump. This is the reason why they're trying to shape this public sentiment now, because they know Trump is pulling away and it's not going to stop. As far as Haley's rise, she's not seen a bump at all, despite what Fox News and other conservative media outlets are telling you. Uh, the primary, Trump is at 68. He guy's almost at 70% in the primary. This primary is over. It's done with. And DeSantis at 9%. Haley at 7%. Ramaswamy at 4%. But my point is, Trump is clearly winning. And what's very interesting here is this YouGov... Um, Uh, The Economist poll. And this is truly what I think the American people are going to vote on going into 2024. All all these people are just saying, oh, Joe Biden's old. He's cognitively declined. He can't be president anymore because he's old. That's only part of the story, folks. I think that we have an unprecedented situation here happening in this country where you have one presidential incumbent and Donald Trump running against another presidential incumbent, Joe Biden. They both have very clear records that they're running on. And I think people are saying, and these are folks that maybe aren't necessarily as tethered to politics like me or you, but I think that many of these people are saying my life was better under President Trump. And this is where this YouGov poll comes, in, comes into play. Overall, the question was asked, who has done a better job as president? Donald Trump, 51 percent. Joe Biden, 41 percent. Donald Trump is up 10 Trump is inevitable, folks. If you are a member of the Republican Party, I get it and understand if you're backing another candidate in the primary, but it is over. And again, if you are if you are a Republican presidential candidate and you're simply waiting for President Trump to get thrown in jail, well, that is not a strategy. And to me, it's disqualifying. You should get the hell out of the race now. As the sooner the Republican Party coalesces around Trump, the better shot that we, that we have to keep this lead, what it is going into 2024. And we can divert these precious donor resources to ballot chasing campaigns and election day operations and building an infrastructure that will allow Republicans to be successful in every swing state. The longer all these primary opponents are going against Trump and running against Trump, the less resources we'll have to do the things necessary to win elections in swing states. And so I urge all these Republican candidates to think about the country first and not about themselves. This primary is over. And you know what? You all know it. Um, Okay. Been with us an hour. You know that on Friday we try to go out on things that are funny, and I will warn you that if you have children around, that you know, please don't uh, go ear muffs. Don't let them listen to this because there is some sort of crass language. But I uh, showed uh, the segment yesterday. We did a deep dive on Elon Musk and him on this panel, telling all his advertisers to go f themselves. Um, that was. Powerful, I thought, but somebody put together this, this skit and I just thought it was hysterical and let's go into the weekend on a lighthearted note. Uh, but just watch this. If you got kids around, get them out of the room, but check this out. So if you're ready, let's go for the million.
0: <laughs> if Bob Iger was in the room with you right now, what would you say to him? Eat a bag of dicks. Sucking my peepee? Disney Plus is gay? Go fuck yourself. Um. Um. I'd like to use one of my lifelines and phone a friend. Okay, who would you like to call? I'd like to call Bob Iger. All right. Our friends at AT and T will get Bob Iger on the line, and we'll see if he can help you. Yeah. Hi, Regis Philbin here from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hi. We've got Elon Musk with us right now. He's won a half million dollars. Wow. And he's going for a million
2: dollars. (laughs) (laughs) And he needs your help
0: to get there. Okay. he's going to come on the line, read a question, four possible answers. One of them is the right answer. Elon, you've got 30 seconds. Starts right now. Hey,
2: Bob. Hi. I don't really need your help. I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars.
1: (laughs) Go fuck yourself.
0: He's won a million dollars.
1: i can't i can't even handle the categories a b c d i'm just like laughing so hard uh anyways folks thank you for watching the show uh we'll see you on monday at five o'clock we'll be right here it's same bat time same bat channel um as always you made it through the full hour make sure you like this video like and rumble like and rumble like and rumble subscribe to battleground live uh thank you all for being in the trenches with us have a great weekend god bless you all And God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care.